call the meeting to order. <laughs> uh, Rachel, was uh, the meeting properly noticed? Oh, great. Thank you. Would you mind doing roll call? Brongan? Here. Brown? Here. Cooper? Finley? Garcia Sierra? Hunt? Here. Jorgensen? Here. Ketchum? Here. Lazo is excused. Petkoshek? Here. Saiz? Here. Vang? And Mr. Oberus and Udisi are also present. We have quorum. So the minutes from the previous meeting were distributed. Um, if there are no corrections or revisions that you guys would like to see done to those, I'll entertain a motion to adopt them as they are. All right. Moved by Sue. There, there is a correction. All right. Yes. Your sharp-eyed uh, co-chair. Very good. Corrected a uh, mistake under... Under presentation by committee community members, uh, we actually only had Greg Jones and Floyd Rose that were here. So Karen and Bishop uh, Rayford uh, did not make it. Okay, outside of that correction, are there any others? All right, so we have a motion by Sue. Is there a second? second. Oh, second by Kim. All right. All those in favor signify by saying aye. aye. Opposed? Nay. All right, motion carries. Thank you so much for being here tonight. Um, we have a lot on the agenda. So first off, we do have some uh, distinguished individuals in the room, uh, Alder Aarons and Alder Denise DeMar. Thank you for being here. And Alder Aarons will be our first agenda item. So. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So prior prior to Aaron's uh, speaking to us, is there any uh, general public comment? Okay. With that being said, I'll. Well, yeah. For for I, I meant to say that Aaron's that you'll be the first agenda item. But prior to that, um, is there any disclosures or recusals at this time based on any agenda items that we do have? Typically not. All right. That being said, I'll hand it over to Luis. Okay, so Alder Aarons, um, thank you for, again, thank you for being here, and uh, you have the floor. Thank you. Um, a month or so ago, I wrote uh, members of this committee a uh, letter that um, expressed some of my concern about the RFP as it was submitted. Um, and I'm not going to trouble you with reading all of it, but let me read some of it, um, and you'll get some sense of um, my concerns here. So I'll be discussing two things. One is the RFP itself, and then second, um, uh, ways that um, might remedy some of the problems with it, um, in the second part of this process as you uh, uh, interview um, uh, respondents. So I wrote at that time uh, a month ago uh, that I hadn't read the RFP when the council voted on the resolution. 
this was the 400, the, there had been a $50,000 and it was a resolution to add $350,000. Um, I don't think, it, to my knowledge, uh, very few people had, and I, until the very end of the meeting, I didn't know it was available. Uh, at the time of the vote, I was assured by a council member and others familiar with the RFP, including the chairs here, co-chairs, uh, that the review would encompass, quote, a top-to-bottom review of the MPD's policies and practices. Also, it was said at that time um, by one of you two gentlemen who were up there uh, that this is a three. I asked, why is there, why is there such a uh, considerable price to this? And I was told this is a 360-degree review of the department. So I repeated that, in fact, that phrase uh, in a monthly blog that I write and subsequent meetings with constituents who were concerned about uh, this issue. I believe that the review would include a departmental evaluation of management operations, policy review, comparative performance uh, measures in regard to arrests and convictions, um, uh, prevention methods, and so on. Two weeks ago, I received an addendum to the RFP, so this goes back to the middle of July, uh, and it was an addendum that was approved here. I received it from Alder Buter Seeloff, and um, I was concerned when I read the addendum. I had, at, at that point, still taken the RFP on faith of the people who communicated their view of it, um, and that led me to read the addendum, and I was uh, really shocked uh, by it. Um, and the part of the addendum that was particularly dis dismaying to me was uh, a part asking for uh, that the uh, consultant should um, uh, analyze uh, any eight different categories of police contact, everything from simple contact to uh, injuries, fatalities, complaints, discipline, and this should be done in accordance with uh, data on race, ethnicity, age, gender, sexuality, sexual orientation, gender identity, economic status, housing status, and mental health status. And... Um, the questions that I raised uh, in regard to that were, does the police department have this information? And um, uh, the people I spoke to initially from this committee did not know whether the police department had that information. And subsequently, I found the police department doesn't have hardly any of that information at all and uh, would not have a need for that information that if you're pulled over for uh, speeding or a, uh, you know, out of, you know, bad headlight, why would you be asked about your age, sexuality, sexual orientation, et etc. Et um, so I didn't receive any response to that. Uh, still have not received any uh, really written response to this. But just to give you an idea, this would take 90 different data sets to be created for each of these sort of cross tabs of kind of contact by personal characteristic. And we'd have to fill in each one for every person who's had a contact with the police department. 
Um, and I think that knowing that this does not exist, and I assume this question was written and the question was raised, does this exist? The question is, why would a question be asked, which you know that there is no answer to? It just seems confounding to me. Um, and it puts the respondents or consultants on a trajectory of looking for something that doesn't exist. Now, the purpose may be gotcha, that they say this doesn't exist, and then then the question is why doesn't exist, and then we're off to a different uh, set of questions which are not directly part of the review. The second part of the, my concern here was the objectives that are listed. There are 18 objectives uh, listed in the RFP, and I highlighted five of them, and I think they're important. One is the President's Task Force on 21st Century Policing, the Special Community Task Force, which you're probably aware of, Community Practices, which says Ideals of Community-Oriented Policing, Problem-Oriented Policing, Evidence-Based Policing should be followed, wherever appropriate, and, uh, and it goes on and on. Um, and my concern with that is that this, neither the city council, by virtue of a resolution or ordinance or the police and fire commission, um, we've never established these as objectives. We've, the only one that I know that we've established is community-oriented policing. And, um, but the others of course, there's some overlap to the others, and many of the things on the President's Task Force and the Special Community Police Force also uh, have considerable overlap, but there are important differences, too. And it sets the people who are consultants off in five different directions. It says evidence-based policing. I don't think people on this committee would... Uh, agree for the most part that um, the city should engage in a uh, very strict stop and frisk regime. It's evidence-based. I mean, you could, I mean, there are people who could give you book after book after book about why stop and frisk is a, is a, is a great tool for any number of things. You could also find people who say that it doesn't, that it's discriminatory. Broken windows. It was the thing, right, for a decade. Broken windows. Now, not so much. Um, so it establishes objectives for which um, that are contradictory and most important, in addition to being contradictory, are not the, are not the uh, policies of the city. The so one additional out objective uh, that I thought deserves special consideration and uh, was, uh, I thought, quite extraordinary, it was the last objective, objective number 18, and it says the above outcome should be accomplished in a matter, manner that attempts to avoid an, avoid an increase, avoid an increase in serious and violent crime and that provides for adequate officer safety. So this is saying that 
these other 17 objectives should be instituted, and that would be okay as long as there's not an increase, that is not an increase in serious and violent crime, and that safety of officers is adequate. So the opposite of that is, uh, is that an increase um, in somewhat serious crime, but not violent, but somewhat serious, but not violent crime, would be acceptable, as would police conduct that would result in an environment where the safety of the officer is merely adequate. That is not the city policy. I don't know why the city council would approve a consultant contract that's based on an objective that merely requires adequate safety for officers and that acquiesces to an increase in crime. For my constituents, <clears throat> and I think there aren't many constituents there out there, residents of the city that would agree with this for whatever measure. Um, the problem here, in addition to the issues that I've just mentioned again, is that there are serious issues pertaining to the police department which are not covered in the RFP. And instead it asks for vast amounts of material that I don't think are material to finding out whether the, this police department addresses the issues of community relations that are heavily addressed in the RFP. That is addressed. But it doesn't address the issues of does it prevent crime? It doesn't really ask much about it at all. Does it uh, solve crimes? Does it stop crime? It doesn't ask anything about, asks a lot about arrest records, but doesn't ask about what happens after that. Um, doesn't ask really about the much about the management of the department. What do people, what, are, what do officers think of managers? You know, we talked about, you know, you mentioned this is a 360 re degree review. This doesn't call for a 360 degree review. It doesn't ask officers, what do you think of your immediate supervisor, your top, the top management people here? Do you think that your training was related to your job? If not, what was needed? Um, it really doesn't address the things that we pay $67 million a year for in the city for a police department. This is our biggest cost in the city is the police department, and it doesn't address really the two things that people pay for. People don't pay for good community relations. That should be an adjunct to the other primary functions of the department, which are not substantially addressed. Um, the second part of this is, you know, really where do you, where, 
where you can go with this. I mean, I, I jotted down some other questions that would be uh, pertinent to this. I mean, I, I don't know, Chair uh, 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 Udis, uh, what the department spends. Maybe you would have some idea on this, Captain Shaw, what the expenditure is that we have on IT. The city has invested a lot of money in IT systems at the both line staff level all the way through the department. We have lots of people who work in IT there. What's the use of it? What do people, I mean, what's, how do we evaluate the departmental use of information technology? What are line officers who are dependent on it? I mean, they're plugged into their screens all day. What do they think about the use of it? How could it be improved? What's the optimal strategy for adoption of new technology for the for senior staff? Um, what's the process for continuous improvement? I read all of the submittals by um, uh, the consultants, and some of them mentioned it, some of them don't, some of them really emphasize it, some not at all, um, about continuous improvement. What's the effectiveness of data collection? We are engaged in a data collection process here. What do we do it for? How do we review the data? Third, whether the evaluators experience pushback or resistance to evaluation. We should expect that, both from management and from line staff. There's certainly going to be some skepticism and there's going to be some hostility or everything in between. How do they respond to this? Um, a key element of community policing is prevention. Prevention is difficult to measure because it's things that didn't happen. So it's hard to grasp what didn't happen, how they do that, how do you grasp that, and develop a quantitative measure of it. How do they do it? These are these experts who are Almost all of them profess uh, great knowledge and experience in community policing um, uh, should have a handle on that. Um, whether we're using our time uh, efficiently. Um, and then, you know, finally, this, you know, this such uh, the issue of the racial disparities in arrests. Um, you know, preceded this uh, ad hoc committee, uh, but it's certainly a issue of concern that that precedes it and will go after it. But uh, how does this relate to the systems of charging people who have been arrested? Where does that come in? Is is the system of charging and convictions are those relevant metrics of racial disparity? I don't know. Um, and it doesn't ask it. Um, so those are just some of the issues. Um, I don't know whether. Um, you know how it could be. What a study would uh, look like. I was pleased to see that uh, almost all of the applicants went beyond the parameters of the RFP. 
and really sought to do a more comprehensive study, but still didn't ask many of the questions that I've raised here and other issues. Um, and if they follow really the word of the RFP in terms of their data collection efforts, they'll be lost forever. I mean, we'll blow $400,000 and we'll have tabs of material that don't really get it. What kind of job is the police department doing? Is it fair? Is it fair for everyone? I'm very disappointed. And I'm very disappointed because I sent a letter out that clearly misinformed all of my constituents. And I feel, I feel bad about that. I've never cleaned up that record. I've never sent them a letter subsequent to that. But um, I was misled. And I think most of the people on the council were too. Thank you for your comments. Any questions? Um, yep. Any, any questions of older parents? Um, I, I think the, you, you had shared a letter with me. Um, is that something that you'd like shared with the rest of the committee members? Okay. Okay. That, 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 would, that would be helpful. Yeah. I mean, it was some of those questions that are raised, but I think it just gets to... Um, um, well, I mean, I think I think part of the problem will be, again, and I didn't raise all of the stuff in, in uh, my first letter. Um, it it becomes the management of the consultant in terms of um, if you want them to do the things that are in the RFP. I, I don't think they could do the things in the RFP. I've, I've, I've done quantitative research and participated in survey research panels and so on, and you just couldn't do that for $400,000. So they're going to have to cut a lot of corners right from the beginning and not do a lot of those things. They're going to make a lot of choices. Um, and then asking them to not just do the bulk of that, but to actually do some form of evaluation of the police department as as a in its major duties um, that'll be hard so well, I, I hope that uh, you will come back and uh, sit in in, our, in the discussion of the uh, of the proposals and uh, hopefully I hope that uh, some of your concerns will be addressed uh, at that time because I believe that a lot of the issues that you raised uh, were addressed in the proposals. And um, I'd like to uh, clarify that we were guided by the resolution that, um, that convened a panel of citizens to, to come up with a way to be able to, to address the concerns addressed in the resolution. And uh, so we are representing you, but obviously I think that if we were to bring um, all members of the council, all members of the council would, might have a, a different take on on how to go about this task, um, but you know what, what I can what I can assure you is that we we do have uh, the best interests of the city and of the police department in mind. Ultimately, uh, we worked extremely hard. The committee members did to 
do their best work to come up with ideas, to, to, to conduct research about um, how, what the best way to, to, to do this was, and, and, and that's in the form of, of this proposal. But again, I, I'd like to invite you to come back for the discussions when we, we discuss the specific proposals, to listen to the questions and the answers, and uh, I, I think that, uh, again, that some of your concerns will be addressed. But thank you, thank you again for your comments. I greatly appreciate it. All right. Um, any any other comments or questions from the group? All right. Seeing none. Thank you. So um, now we are moving on to um, item number two. And do we have any public comment? On, no. None. All right. Okay, so um, without without uh, mentioning names, Brian, at this point I'd like to ask um, you for sure. how many how many members completed uh, their grading and how many did not so complete. We had um, 12 out of the 14 members completed the the ratings. Um, I got two in after I transferred the scores from kind of the, the nitty-gritty to the summary. Um, so I do have that summary. I don't know if we want to look at it right now because it is not conclusive. Oh, okay. Oh. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Um, so to, to answer your question, uh, there were uh, Twelve. Twelve that completed the yes. proposals. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, so I take it that all twelve are in this room at this time? And the only reason I'm asking is that it, it leads us to the next question. Can somebody... How many people are here? Eight, nine? Eleven. Let's count. Eleven. So uh, the, it, and, and it, this is awkward because I don't want to put anyone on the spot. But however, the issue is that if someone has, if we have members that have not completed the scores, we'd like to discuss next steps with you, and we have we have a proposal. So Brian, has everyone in here completed the scores without identifying anybody who hasn't? I'm confused what you're asking. The two people who didn't complete scores, are they here? Um, one is, one isn't. Okay. All right. So the issue, so the issue then for the committee uh, is this. Um, given that um, not everyone has completed the proposals, I believe that we, we have two options. We need to discuss how we proceed. Uh, in, in fairness uh, to the to the committee, um, because the next process would be to to begin the evaluation process, and if someone has not completed uh, that their their grading the proposals, uh, we could um, and help me with this with the options. But one one option would be to to extend the timeline 
by a couple more days to, to allow individuals the time to finish it and, and, and without passing judgment we understand that there was a big task and um, we all live very busy lives and there might have been some issues, personal issues that we, we don't know about that prevented uh, some individuals from completing, completing the work. So we'd like to discuss the option of allowing um, a few more days to, to complete that process. And again, that's just flushing out what, uh, what the issues are. Is that fair, or there, am I missing other other steps at this what point? What was the second option? What was the second option? The second option. That was the second option. The uh, first option yeah. was if everyone had done it, we would go forward yeah. as planned. Okay. And then the right. agenda item specifically calls out, I think, another option. Uh, well, ultimately, the committee is going to have to decide. If you give an extension, I think what we're saying is if, if, uh, if it's decided to give an extension for the final two people to complete their scores, because of the nature of how this evaluation process works, and Brian can explain it more, uh, you would not begin the discussion today. Um, because that... Uh, we can't. Right, because it needs to be all or nothing, or at least it's supposed to be all or nothing normally. So that would also mean delaying your discussion about about the proposals until next week. Um, and then also establishing a hard and fast rule because the committee didn't do this previously. You didn't really say what would we do if somebody just never completed their score. Um, and the reasoning behind this is because when we, when the city does an evaluation panel for selecting a services contractor, um, we want each person on the panel to have read the materials and participated in the same exercise and kind of be on equal footing um, in order to vote on the ultimate, their, their choice. Does that make sense? Um, so that's how it's normally done, but this committee didn't really, you didn't establish a rule for yourself regarding that subject. And so that's why we placed it on the agenda today. Um, although we're very, very happy with the number of people who did complete their um, scoring. That's great. Um, but we still have to decide what to do about it. So if we decide that the people that did do the scoring aren't allowed to participate, then what does that mean? They just come and sit? So not allowed to ask questions, not allowed to give an opinion. They're basically just occupying a seat while the discussion goes on. I, I think so. And I know that sounds odd, but this normally, you know, this again, um, the city has the city has no rules for this because normally it is not done in a public committee setting. So if this were a group of um, city staff doing the elect, uh, doing this election panel. That staff person would just be told, you know what, you're no longer needed, and they would go back to their day job, and they wouldn't probably mind. But obviously, <laughs> <laughs> this committee, you know, <laughs> you, everyone on this committee has a reason for being here, and so it's a bigger deal to decide that a person can't participate anymore. And, and likewise, because it's a, a citizen committee like this, you don't, a person doesn't get kicked off. There is no removal. Um, but just adding to Lara's comments, um, I'd like to say on Christian's behalf as well as mine that we, we value each and every one of you. 
we want all of you to be able to participate in this process. Uh, but in, in fairness to the process and in fairness to you, um, you have to have the background of having having gone through in great detail, and it's it's it, it, it's it's almost a painful process because it takes it, it takes a long time. But you do gain a great deal of understanding of who these who these folks are that that put in the work to create these proposals. And that is the basis then to move on and to, to conduct a full evaluation. You can't do uh, an adequate job if you haven't gone through that. So the, the so the proposal that that um, that um, we would make, and Lara, you helped us write it, so help me with the language here. But that the proposal was that um, if you if for the individuals that have not completed the evaluation, that we would provide them. Uh, some additional time until the following this coming Monday at 4 p.m. to submit your grades to to Brian. At that point, um, we would we would then be able to to move forward uh, with the process and and uh, conduct a full evaluation. Yeah, we made a similar rule for the um, when it came down to the really selecting them if they weren't be able to 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 review the Q and A. Um, with the the ones that we decide that we would have a Q and A with, yeah, they'd have to watch. Like, but either way, like, there's there still had to be that you know participation within the process, yeah. right. and and as far as like this is right along with that, like you're not participating in the process, you're not fully informed, you're not, you know, to me, you're not able to make a a um, an informed decision, um, even just by like sitting here looking at the scores, you know, you might come through totally different types of of um, you know, conclusion on you know a vendor uh, than individuals or some individuals here. So might not those scores might not necessarily reflect how you feel um, or how it's felt. Um, so I'd like to to move to adopt um, the proposed uh, rule um, that there there would be an extension uh, to give that that time uh, since we didn't adopt it last time, um, but then also that. Um, you know, if it's not in by Monday at 4 o'clock, uh, that you not be able to participate, uh, that whoever would not be able to participate um, within um, the final vote and selection of the vendor or other questions, really. Second by Sue, and that um, and that motion once again, um, Matthew, as you stated, was that we we allow an extension for the completion of the grading of the proposals uh, for the committee members who, who did not complete uh, their that task, uh, and the deadline is by 4 p.m. Uh, this coming Monday. I'm not sure what that date is, Rachel. If you have it, um, the 12th. Okay, until Monday the 12th at 4 p.m. that they, those, those scores need to be submitted to Brian by 4 p.m. on the 12th. And failure to do so would um, would result in that committee member not being able to participate in the in the full evaluation process of the proposals. Is that correct? Yes, or, and, and vote on the selection. And I vote think on the selection. That's part of your motion. Yeah, yeah. That's the big thing, right, the vote. Because they could still sit and ask questions of a vendor. Right. Correct, but it's right. just the vote at the end. Yes. Well, I guess we'd have to decide what the committee means by participating okay. in the selection. But I think Kim had a question, and I don't want to push that aside. To, 
I don't know, but the way I'm looking at it, I mean, like, frankly, I'm a little upset, so it's like I feel like I'm wasting time here. But at the same time, um, you know, we didn't have this rule before. Um, so, at you know, like, it's – I don't want to judge anybody's, like, intent, you know, kind of thing. Um, and, you know, if we had the rule before, then we just move forward. Um, but to me, this kind of gives a, a fair opportunity um, for that, opposed to just being like, you know, we're assuming somebody's – doesn't intend on actually doing it. Yeah. I mean, if they're here and they want to opt out, you know, for it, but. If, if it's helped for the committee to move forward, I will opt out. I'm the one person that's here. So you said there's only one person that was here. So I am the one person that's here. And if it's helped for the committee to be able to move forward tonight, I'll opt out. But you're being here tonight because you're participating. Pardon me? You're being here because Participation? I mean, can you can still hear and participate in the workshops that we're done? But, but I, I'm more worried about the person who's not here and didn't do it. If they're, mm. they're intent, what their intention is, if that is going to matter or not. It's not that, Jackie. We just wanted to, we, we, would like, we would like to provide an extension if that would help. We, 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 value, we value your contribution. Mm -hmm. We value you as a member of the committee. Monday, would that, would that be helpful? continuing my process. It's not like I that we value your contribution. Okay. My, my personal desire um, is read. that you, you continue. I'm going to, yeah, I want to. Yeah. We're going to find JID, so. Well, I'm going to make So if we grant an extension to Monday, I'll make that happen. All right. So we have a motion. We have full disclosure about that person. So. We don't know. We don't know. So we'll communicate that. But right. So can we make sure that for everybody that's not here, they get like an email or something that outlines what we what we decided yes. to do? Yes. We would, then we'll that follow, way they would have we would follow up as well. Yes. So that in the <laughs> you're, you're getting full, Sean. You're getting close, but, you're getting, but you're getting ahead of me. You've got one foot out the well, door. I, I so do first, have, we, we need to. I'm sorry, Brian. No, I do have something else that we can discuss tonight that will be helpful going forward. But let's do whatever you're. We saying. need to address this motion. Yes. So we had a motion on the table. We have a second. We had any further discussion? 
Do we still need to clarify the whole voting thing or none? Like what um, participation means? Oh, what does it mean but to participate? Yeah. Um, like to still being engaged so in the actual. Be levels, like if you could, say, I kind of want to Yeah, it is. Like, that could be just voting. Um, it could be asking questions, um, stopping at like you just being here, or it could just be asking questions. I'm sorry, Jay. So I think part of what I heard you say before, Matthew, was that if they haven't engaged in reading, and then um, but being part of the discussion, that those or any individual could potentially have some valid questions or raise some, some, some concerns or points that, you know, would, could still be valuable to this process. So I would, I guess, err on part of maybe the voting part of yeah, being out, but still allow them to be a part of the discussion. Okay. Okay. So we see a nodding of heads. Is that something? <laughs> yeah, in the spirit. Participation. We have, we have support on that. Okay. Do we need to restate the motion? Mm -hmm. friendly, we have a friendly amendment. Okay, so we, we have a motion on the floor with a friendly amendment. Any further discussion? Okay. So all those in favor of the motion say aye. Aye. Against? Okay, the motion carries. All right. Thank you. So we're not going to do item three, but Brian had an issue. Well, okay, so in order for anyone to talk about anything, we still have to stick on our agenda. So, um, sorry. Yeah, we're not going to. So, oh, and you had a public speaker on which three and four? Okay. But if we're not thinking about We're not going to do three, clearly. You, but you have to dispose of it in a way that is uh, preferred. So you can, yeah, you can call Can we take the comment only? Yeah, yeah. and then refer it. You can take the public comment. The only concern we had is that if it's huge, I think that cat's out of the bag. All right. So it's not an official legal answer. <laughs> <laughs> so All right. If, if you would like to call number three and receive public comment and entertain a motion to refer, I think that would be the cleanest way to handle item number three. Okay, so who has is registered for number three? First, we've got to call it. I can't. Okay, so we'll, uh, we'll, we're moving on to item uh, number three. And then we're going to we say that we're going to refer it then at this point. Uh, first, you invite your public speakers up. Okay, so it's uh, Dr. Gellenbeck. Do you still wish to speak at this time, or do you rather wait until? I might as well. Okay. All right. I don't think it's going to make a huge difference whether it's this time or next time. Okay. Um, and. I might like run one minute over, so I'm, I might ask for an extension, um, but not long. Um, you received the email from the CRT advocating for selection of OAR group, and my own emails discussing other applicants. I won't recapitulate most of what's in those emails. 
But I'll note a few points. OIR has some of the best available people on its team. That includes Seth Stoughton, who's one of the top people on police regulation in the country, um, Walter Katz, um, Connie Rice, who um, did some you know, amazing work with community policing and simultaneously reducing arrests and citations while also reducing violent crime in the Watts areas of LAPD, of LA. Sam Walker was sort of the Dean of Police Accountability and others. Um, OIR has used Seth Stoughton and Walter Katz as pro bono consultants in the past and reached out to them because of the nature and quality of their work, and I've been repeatedly impressed in my interactions with them. Some of the people on the team from the National Proposal are not part of the standard OIR team. For example, Seth Stoughton and I believe Sam Walker, Lori Friedel, and others were recruited specifically for this project. They started with good people and did a good job of recruiting some of the best people around for this. Many of the OIR group members have a strong reform orientation aligned with those seeking changes in Madison, including people on this, um, on this committee. That's not really true of the other teams, and it's apparent in the language of some of the OIR responses. Like, for example, quote, one clear marker of, of an agency's guardian versus warrior philosophy is the approach to homeless populations. OER group has seen firsthand how an agency can transform its policing strategy to more humanely and respectfully deal with homeless individuals. Following the brutal death of a mentally ill homeless person, homeless man at the hands of police in Fullerton, the police department engaged in major reform efforts. Like most of the applicants use much more neutral language. They wouldn't use the word brutal, for example. Um, another example, in deadly force incidents we have reviewed for various agencies, we too often have seen long delays in notification of family members that their loved one is injured or deceased. In a more recent case, we were alarmed to learn that the efforts of family members who wanted to see their comatose son had initially been thwarted by law enforcement because he was technically, quote, in custody after the use of force that led to his hospitalization. Again, you can tell from the language and the tone, there's an orientation more aligned with reform in, in a way that differentiates it from most of the applicants. Um, OIR had by far the, most, the best and most detailed answer to the, the question, describe your previous experience working with the following communities of people, African-American, Asian, Latino, Native American, immigrant, LGBTQ, homeless, drug-involved people, people with mental health issues, people under Department of Corrections Community Supervision. I'm about halfway through at this point. Okay. Okay. Two minutes. Thank you. Um, OER had a good response to minimization of force criteria, and it included the crucial point that generally was not made by under other vendors that, quote, poor tactical decisions that are inconsistent with principles of offer safety often lead to deadly force incidents. For years and countless cases, OER group has worked to identify such tactics and officer involved shootings, incidents, and working with agencies to ensure that remedial action plans, including discipline, training, policy development, supervisory issues, are devised to address them, end quote. That is so crucial if you want to reduce officer-involved shootings. A former MPD officer who was a CRT member noted, quote, 500 deadly force reviews means they have seen enough patterns. She also noted, quote, mentions connection between tactics and shooting. There's a major place where change needs to occur, and in many ways the backbone of the PERF recommendations, and it is sustainable change. There are good features of the recommendations for prior reviews. For example, quote, when an officer uses deadly force, the Bureau's review of the incident um, should consider any prior uses of deadly force and evaluate whether there are significant parallels between the officer's tactical decision-making and the incident, end quote. 
Another example is a recommendation Denver Sheriff's Department should inculcate principles of force prevention in its culture, policy, training, and overall department orientation. Yet another is, quote, the Bureau should ensure that its officers do not misinterpret the principles behind the 21-foot rule and provide more contemporary training designed to ensure that officers recognize the appropriate considerations in determining whether and when deadly force against somebody, uh, against somebody wielding an edged weapon. Um, yet another one is for Portland, encourage command staff to abandon characterizing shootings as, quote, suicide by cop and to eliminate the 48-hour rule that prohibits the Bureau from being able to interview involved officers until at least two days after the shooting incident. I can give other examples. A valid criticism is that too many of the OIR group responses to the proposal were too cursory. And in particular, as Christian noted in a conversation we had, some of the proposers provided detailed plans of action that would respond to a point by saying, for example, we will do one, two, three, four, five. Instead, in too many instances, OIR responded by saying something like, quote, we have persons A and B who can do that, A and B have done that in the past, or quote, here's an example where OIR has done something similar. So for multiple points, the OIR proposal did not provide a detailed plan of action. I would have liked to have seen not just references to what they did in the past, but more detailed logical plans for carrying out the work here. I would personally rank Exeter second after OER for the reasons I specified in my letter, but there isn't CRT consensus on this. With the University of Cincinnati, they showed the capacity to cut into policy. That's important. There are also two big city chiefs, which can help overcome resistance. Uh, a couple of people on the team, such as Ramsey, are interested in bigger picture reforms. I might rank Hillard Heinze next, though I'm concerned by the harsh criticism of Hillard Heinze by ACLU Wisconsin staff who have worked with them. Thank you. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Any, any questions of Dr. Gilmick? No. All right. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. All right. Um, that takes care of um, public speakers. Um, so for item three, as we discussed earlier, uh, we, we, can't, we can't proceed with item three until we have all the proposals uh, completed. Uh, we set a deadline for that. So we would like to entertain a motion to refer this item to until our next meeting. Okay, so move. I move to and Linda seconded. Okay, any discussion? No. All in favor, say aye. Aye. Against. Thank you. Uh, item number four. Do we have any speakers for item number four? Dr. Gellenbeck. Um, sure. I'd ask, you know, do you want me to suggest a couple questions now, or should I defer that until the next meeting? Whatever the committee wants. Do you send them by email? What do people prefer? Email? Okay, that sounds good. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, so so at this point, uh, we, um, Brian, I'll turn it over to you, but uh, the item is to determine questions for vendors to cl clarify their proposals. You want to flesh that out for, for us? Sure. Um, so when the vendors come in, um, it's always helpful to give them an agenda. Uh, how specific is up to you folks. Um, but it, it's good to have some sort of focus, especially because the way it's looking, there may be a number of presentations in one night. And so we'll get into the, uh, the amount of time each one has probably next week when we determine the number of presentations there will be. Um, and I don't know if we want to start this now. We could start it now, 
Determining questions for the presentations. Laura. I think I understood this to be questions that we would ask before, not questions for the interviews, but questions based on just the written proposals, but maybe I misunderstood that. No, I guess it probably could go, we're both probably right in a way. Would you like this committee to have the opportunity to ask questions of the proposers before they even decide who to interview, just based on their written submissions? Yes. Is that a step? It's a step that we can take. We don't have to, but we certainly can. And if we did come up with questions for the vendors, then I would have them emailed out tomorrow, and we would have responses by next week's meeting. Okay. That's what I understood this agenda item to be. I'm sorry, maybe I misunderstood. No, that's okay. So I guess it would be up to the pleasure of the committee whether you want to ask those types of questions and talk about them now, those of you who did the scoring, if there's any value in that, having some quick answers back from them in time for your next meeting, or if you want to skip that step and have your questions answered at the time that the people that you interview are brought in. Is that a fair way of doing it? When I was looking at the agenda, I don't know. I interpreted it as for when we brought in the interview and looking ahead. Kind of have us think about whether, based upon the individual proposals of kind of the ones that we selected, as far as maybe some other broader questions or things that maybe want more flesh out and more detail that's in the RFP or whatever. That's how I interpreted it. I was finding it kind of hard to see how to think of the questions asked and without hearing the entire discussion on results and the session why people thought the way they thought about that might answer my question rather than designing a question. Okay. Yeah, that too. I take it this is kind of a normal city process when you guys do them, Brian? Is that why you want it to have this here? With bigger presentations, a lot of times, bigger RFPs, once we do show the results, there will be some initial questions that may come up. So maybe can you clarify what you meant by ABC in the proposal, what you meant by XYZ, and then we'll get responses back, and then we will meet as a group again many times and say, okay, based on these responses, you know, we feel comfortable with vendors one, three, and five to bring in. And then at that point, we would also create an agenda for them when they do come and do their presentations. So another way of asking that would be to the committee members, in your reading of the proposals, did you have some questions that you wanted clarified that perhaps were not answered? You wanted some additional information. I think that would also kind of depend on, like, as you're saying, Kim, as we kind of review the scores and things like that and some stuff that I think that's part of the broader discussion as far as reviewing the scores. One thing that actually just popped into mind that as I was reviewing them and I was thinking about as far as, I don't know if that's something that we could say for the presentations or not, was something that we had in the RFP was when we talk about best practices was also other countries, and I didn't see anything 
in there about that. I don't know if that could be something that we could have Brian shoot out and they could respond back, and you know that might impact um, you know discussion of scores next week, or if that's something that we want to just generally talk about as far as um, you know after we kind of decide and, and have that one of the presentation questions that, that we bring up. Um, just a thought. Of, Right, so what, what what I understand I'm hearing is that we'd like to to postpone this discussion then until after we have had the presentation where we may come up with some additional questions. Is that correct? Okay. Okay. Right. Okay, thank you. So do we need a motion for that? Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Motion to refer. Question four. Question four. Mm -hmm. I Okay, so we have a motion to refer item four until after it's after we have met with the vendors after we have heard the presentations. Oh, oh, no. oh, no. Can you clarify so that? Clarify that? Yeah, right after, like as as far as determining the questions after we we figure out. Uh, as questions come up, as we're discussing, as we're discussing uh, vendors, after we vendors and who we might want to have do presentations. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. All right. So I mean, some of them we might not even want to do presentations. So why do we even need to clarify questions for? Them? Okay. Okay. Good. And we had a we had a second by Kim, or Sue. <laughs> both of you. Both of you. Kim and Sue seconded. Okay. Uh, any further discussion on this can item? I, can I just um, make a note that? Uh, at the, before the next meeting, um, to help speed things along, if you can, if you do think of anything over the course of the next week, if you want it, you can either just email me, email it to me, or just write it down, just so at the next meeting, um, it'll just we have a lot to do, so just it'll move things quicker. Okay. Right. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Um, just want to make a point um, and make sure that everybody remembers. I believe we scheduled a couple of special speakers for next week as well. So uh, we need to be really conscientious about the time that we're going to need to complete all of this work moving forward for next week. Because I think that the speakers supposedly that we have coming next week are, are going to have quite a bit to say and share with us uh, information-wise uh, and perspective-wise. So we need to be, uh, you know, uh, aware of time for yes. next week, and I think we need to make sure that the agenda will obviously adhere to that. Yes, and we will prioritize time for them. Thank you, Tom, for that reminder. So, I, again, we have uh, Chief Koval and, and uh, Dr. Anthony Rubin who will be here as our speakers. All right, so we still have this motion on the table. We have a second. Uh, any further discussion? All in favor, say aye. Aye. Against? All right, thank you. So for item number five, we have any, any registered speakers for five? Yeah. No, seeing none. Future agenda items and meeting dates we'd like to discuss are the results of the Doodle poll. Brian, could you help us with that? So um, 11 of uh, the 14 people um, responded to this, and I think this is just um, The way we had we had kind of discussed at the last meeting was that we would um, have Thursday, October 6th, Friday, October 7th, and Saturday, October 8th uh, available or at least put out there and see who could do what. 
And once this gets warmed up and, and you see, uh, pretty much the only date that is going to work well is the regularly scheduled time of uh, let me try this is uh, so this is Thursday Friday and Saturday so this is our regularly scheduled time of the Thursday evening meeting The reason also, just to refresh your memory, the reason why we don't want to have the meetings far apart is because these are going to be open meetings. A vendor could come to the first meeting, and if the next one isn't for another week or two, go back and completely tailor their their presentations to the questions that were asked from the first vendor. Um, it's just not it's just not fair to, to any of them. Um, so our thinking is to have them all in a very short amount of time. Uh, and this is the way things are, are looking. We really only are going to be able to do them on one evening. Now, I'll open it up from there to see what, what people think. Should we try to look at other, other dates, other ideas, but... Um, also, and from a purchasing standpoint, you probably need to devote at least an hour and a half to each presentation um, because there will be um, a presentation as well as Q&A that will, will happen. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't know if it makes a difference for those who said that they could not attend, but keep in mind that um, like a teleconferencing option is available as well if we need it to be. So if you can't yeah. physically be here but would have the option to call in, we can make that happen. And I was going to ask uh, those that can't do that Friday evening or even the Saturday, how people would feel about doing the clear channel or uh, calling in uh, to join, because um, that will be a very late Thursday. I'm one of the, the people that can't make it because it's unfortunately um, um, someone retired and there's some travel that's required. So I'll be out traveling all of Friday and Saturday that will require my whole evening of Friday and Saturday. That's that's the reason why it doesn't work for me. So even if we had a teleconference, I wouldn't be because I, I would be at meetings and other um, events that we have scheduled and planned already, unfortunately. Good I'm just looking back through my notes, um, and this committee actually took action at a previous meeting on a motion by Matthew that if you miss these interviews or presentations, you must watch them on your own. So as long as we can get them all recorded, and uh, I believe Mike Miller made arrangements with um, with City Channel to make sure that they're going to be recorded, and I've actually believe that it's going to require a venue change though. I don't think those that meeting will be able to be in this building. The City Channel is willing to record them all. So you all already decided that. Now you can uh, reverse yourselves if you want, but you did decide previously that watching them would count. 
let me let me uh, throw this out there. Um, in terms of the evening on the sixth, which is our regularly scheduled time, because everyone can potentially make it then. What is the earliest in the afternoon people could start? Could they start at maybe three o'clock? Is that? I'm seeing. I'm seeing. No. Okay. All right. I'm just you know trying to. Okay. Well, looks like Friday evening yeah. is the next most available people. So, I mean, if we did Thursday evening, Friday evening, it's back to back. We can then make up with yeah. the and the people that can't make it Friday just watch it. Yeah. That seems to me to make the most sense. Do you have a concern, Brian, with splitting it in two days because it gives some a disadvantage? I'm not. It's not as bad as a week. <laughs> I'm not. I mean, of course, I would love to be able to do this all in one day. Um, if we started at 5:30 on the dot, each was an hour and a half. That'd be 5:30 to 7, 7 to 8:30, 8:30 oh, to 10, for three. I mean, okay, all right. Um, <laughs> Unless if we only invited two people to to present. I. But we don't know yet. We don't, we don't know how long that goes. Right. right. So we could maybe invite four. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, I just think that. We're not, we're not, we're not going to find a perfect solution. No. Friday, I mean, Thursday, Friday, back to back, one day, I know it's not perfect, but um, you said it's better than a week. I mean, do we almost want to wait until we decide the vendors? Like, so if there's like three vendors, um, or what do you want? I, I'm just thinking as far as like, like the specific days, like if, like if, if we could, if there's two or three vendors that we, and the rest that we don't want to interview, we could probably do that all on that Thursday. Um, I mean, you can make your motion to say October 6th and October 7th. Yeah. If needed. If needed. Yeah. 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 And there's, and there's 11 only, so three people still need to, to fill this out. I mean, well, I guess at this point, everyone seems to, if you're looking to make the motion, I don't know if it's super, I'm trying to think if it would swing anything. Because... I mean, if three, well, I think probably it's six and one half dozen the other, so, yeah. So, so it sounds like the two dates are emerging are, are Friday, or Thursday for, for certain, yeah. and Friday if we need it. Like if needed. Friday if we need it, yeah. Like that motion, yeah. So I like, yeah, guess make a motion uh, to have the Thursday, <laughs> Friday uh, if needed. So definitely for the Thursday and then Friday if needed. On the what are the yeah the six and seven. Second. Second. Any further discussion on this item? Seeing none. All in favor, say aye. Aye. Against. Right. Thank you, Brian. So, looking at those two dates, and then again, uh, those dates are important because that keeps us on our timeline. Right? So we have a very tight timeline. Mm -hmm. right. Thank you. Okay. So, again, part of item item five is uh, future agenda items and meeting dates. Any anyone? 
have any items that you'd like to discuss related to the subject? Otherwise, we do have our future meeting dates set for September 15th. And then we have October 6th and 7th to meet with the vendors. And November 3rd and December 1st. November 3rd and December 1st. And just a note, it'll obviously come out on the agenda, but next week's meeting will not be here. It will be in the city county building in the council chambers in order to accommodate city channel staffing needs. It's easier, they need less staff to do it in that room than they would if we were coming over here. So just plan on being downtown next week instead of here at this location. Any further discussion on item number five? For this 15th meeting, remind me again why we have two meetings in September again? Because I thought that was to review. So why are we having one today and one on the 15th again? Why are we meeting on the 15th? If we have this other meeting set up for our interviews. The 15th was identified as a date to invite our speakers. So Chief Cooper and Dr. Anthony will be our speakers. Chief Cole. What did I say? Mary, don't tell him I said that. The committee also referred their discussion to the board. It will be a busy meeting. Okay, so we have completed the agenda by special request of Sean. So we'd like to entertain a motion to adjourn at this time. So move, Jerry. Jerry said it first. Okay. Any last words, Christian? No, no, thank you. All right. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. 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 Thank you.